everybody, how's it going? Welcome to BandAdvice.tv, and this is the Matt and Mark About Music podcast. I am the Mark half of that, and... Matt Mason, how you doing, Earth Rockers? How you doing, Matt? What's going on, man? Uh, just just doing our thing here, you know, just broadcasting to you live from uh, Studio V here, and you're over there at the... What, Casa del Nostril, or what What do you call your place there? <laughs> well, I'm in the back room here. I call this the Jim Beam's back room. Jim Beam's back room, nice. And that's your jam space? No, this is just like, uh, I have a another stereo system set up back here. And, uh, you know, I'm making a weak attempt at getting all my, like, CDs, vinyl, 8-tracks, cassettes everything back here in this one space so i can find them when i want to listen nice. to them so nice there's a bunch of mementos hanging around here of you know records and posters and autographs and stuff like that so i like to come back here and hang out sometimes Got a little zen room back there huh yeah you know this is like a you know it's not really that big of a room it's maybe like you know 10 by 12 or something like that but you know, you just, uh, I got the the windows uh, blocked blocked out, you know, so it's just, you okay. can really concentrate back here and have a good, good, uh, good place to think and work and write and sleep. Yeah, that's definitely handy. Definitely. I mean, you've been in my studio here and, you know, it's fine when it's just kind of set up to be a, a hangout room and, uh, but when, when I'm in the, the video shootings aspect of it and I've got black drapes and lights and all that it gets really crowded in here quick but we manage we manage right yeah man i mean you know it's just like i i feel like the the more whatever room you got you'll eventually fill that out you know and so it's a challenge to kind of like keep things sort of compact you know yeah 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 i definitely got to do some liquidation of some gear and uh but you know, now's not the time to be meeting people at Quick Trip. That's for sure. So, boy. But anyway, it's, it's, I don't uh, know. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, let's see. So, what have you been? What have you been doing lately? Well, I've just been uh, just been writing, recording. Uh, I'm gonna uh, make myself a big old big old Instagram leap here and do some, uh, do some funny Instagram stuff in this next couple of days. So okay, I'm not going to talk too much on it. Cause by the time this podcast comes out, it may be over with. We'll see, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, we, we've had a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, big music events have, have to, to uh, take a, a sidestep and jump to the online platform. And one of them that I know that you're involved with quite a bit is the, uh, the Gypsy Cafe, the Bob Childers Gypsy Cafe for the uh, Red Dirt Relief Fund, right? Yeah, that was really cool how they did that. You know, usually there's about 90 of us that get together down in Stillwater and it's like a song swap. So it's like, you know, 45 minutes set and usually there'll be like three of us on stage. And so, you know, you just take turns playing one of your songs and then the next person, next person will. Mm -hmm. They pared it down quite a lot this year, but they had it all online. Nice. And so, uh, you know, like Cody Canada and Mike McClure, you know, it was, it was kind of the big, the big stars of the scene, you know, and I'm not, I'm not really mm -hmm. with what I would consider to be a big star in the red dirt music scene or really any music scene. But, other but you're a legend in your own mind. Of course you are. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it was cool how they did it because, you know, usually it's just a big, you know, get-together, family reunion type thing down there in Stillwater. And it's a great time because you get to play, like, for 45 minutes and then hear everybody else. You know, it usually starts, like, at, you know, sometime in the afternoon or so, and it goes on till you know, 2 o'clock or whatever. And it's really just usually a good time, and they raised a lot of money last year, I think about $30,000. And so... I mean, this year oh, they, they got people seeing it from all over the world, man. So it's like that's awesome. I mean, far and wide, and nice, uh, nice. they've got it to where you can watch it. You know, if you couldn't see it yesterday, then of course you can see it online now, just like as if you're watching it. That is awesome. So yeah, pretty cool. Interesting I, time. I haven't heard any, you know, big figures about what they what they were able to um, raise from it, but I mean, you know, it's really neat. I'm sure they I'm sure they did pretty good, and just a great organization. Really exciting to be a part of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you didn't contribute this year? No, like I said, that you know, at first, what was I was supposed to have been doing this last like week was i was i was going to be playing in wichita like starting like last wednesday and then i was supposed to go to lenexa kansas on thursday then uh kansas city on friday and saturday and sunday and then uh i was gonna go to see frank marino and mahogany rush on tuesday night cool in in uh arkansas and then like um you know it was just going to be a week where i was going to be on on just kind of on the road you know and so i i hope to try to make the make that happen on the scheduling but i had picked up another gig and I, it was just going to be like hard for me to make it back so you know i hopefully i get back in on it on in the october i've done that you know the one in the fall or late summer a few times in tulsa Mm-hmm. and so maybe maybe they'll have that again this year in tulsa and i can do that one but yeah man i heard those uh you know tires whining on the highway even though i wasn't out there it's just like man i just want to get out and play so bad it's crazy yeah yeah i can imagine you know and suddenly lose all that uh revenue from uh from your live gigs here you're relying solely on online i'm sure and your streaming services and things like that and man looks like we've uh we've had ourselves a little bit of an upset uh, yeah man it's just like totally you know it's totally changed the way hopefully the way things go for the better i'm just like thinking yeah yeah um, i mean but then, you know a lot of it's the way you perceive it too you know it's like somebody was talking to me the other day about spotify and how oh i'm not going on spotify because that's a rip off and all this and i'm just like well think of it this way you know it's like when i was sending out demos and press kits and stuff to you know whoever maybe requested one it was it was costing me about ten dollars per unit to send and manufacture it and get it all together you know with a yeah. cd and a, la- a labels and a picture and jackets and all this stuff i mean a letter and everything else it was just like you know yeah. that just cost me so much money and you know you send out 10 of them and you might get two gigs out of it well you've just spent a hundred dollars 
and you get two gigs out of it, well, that $100 comes right off the two gigs that you're going to be playing. So, you know, instead, you can just say, hey, go listen to me on Spotify or YouTube or whatever, and it's saved a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money. And, Mm -hmm. I mean, some of those club bookers, you know, I'd go in their office and they'd have like a, an eight foot long table stacked a, a foot high with press kits. And it's like nobody normal can keep up with 50 of those things a week coming in your hands. You know what I mean? No, at some point in time, you know, they're just going to take their arm and go whoosh, right across. They're all into the trash. Too, right. You know? Every, every year they would say, Hey, we just throw everything away. You know, yeah. if it makes the table on this side, then we're thinking about it. If it makes the table over here, that's trash. If it makes a table in the middle, that's where we're thinking about it. So, I think know. they kind of do the same thing with job resumes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and so, I mean, you're not going to get rich on Spotify unless you're Puff Daddy or something, you know. And I, I mean, it's, it's really crazy when you see those figures, but, I mean, you can't really look at it like, well, I'm not making any money off Spotify, so to heck with Spotify. Well, it's just like where every person who, you know, wants to check out music is kind of being directed these days, you know? If you're, if, if you're not on Spotify, if you're not on iTunes, it, it, it's a credibility thing there. You don't have the creds, you know? it's So you got to do it. And what's the harm? I mean, okay, so you, you make a half a penny per spin. Okay. A half a penny's half a penny if you get enough spins on it, right? So, I don't know. Just, a little interesting story. A friend of mine, about 15 years ago, I worked with him, and he was starting up a website, and he was doing these little things where you get little, you get a little bit of money every time somebody does a click-through from his site to their retail site. Uh-huh. So you get these checks, and we, it's like every day we go out to lunch, because, hey, stop by the bank, i got to make this deposit. And I look over, and he had a check for like five cents. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was from a Japanese thing. And, but he had this stack of them, and... Every week he was he's depositing a couple hundred dollars worth of checks from all these different sources. So it's a numbers game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Get on the Spotify, get on Deezer, get on all that kind of stuff. But you got to find yourself a good distributor to do that. And uh, I guess that's uh, kind of where I'm going with this. Uh, the distributor I use, and I know that you've used them as well. It's kind of changed your business model. It, uh, kind of a. Inopportune time, if I, if you ask me, you know, CD Baby announced without any fanfare. In fact, I didn't know about it until somebody else told me about it that they shut down their online store, so you can yeah. no longer purchase physical CDs that was in their warehouse, and you can no longer purchase downloads through their system either. Hmm. Which that to me was huge because I mean. If you're on iTunes, you sell a song, 30, 30% is going right off the top. I mean, that's just that's the way it goes. Uh, with CD Baby, you're keeping 90%. So for every dollar, you're keeping 90 cents, and that was awesome. Uh, but now they're not even offering the digital downloads. So, and this, I think this happened mid-March. So I don't know if it was necessarily pandemic-related because... You don't just make this kind of decision, you know, a week into your thing. I I assume, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of huge. I mean, I mean, what's your take on it? Have you been selling 
CDs and, and music through CD Baby, or are you just doing using them for uh, distribution or what? Man, they they've got like uh, some physical copies of the first two albums. I'm sure of that. And you know, it seems like the reason that I decided to start doing going through them was they you know they could get all your all the, the music to out there to every you know outlet there was i mean you go to walmart.com and look up hurricane mason it was for sale yeah and, you know now it wasn't it, and i don't think that like you know it was a partnership that they had developed with all these companies and you know to try to go through it and do it yourself was just impossible no yeah they they won't let you do it unless yeah. you're a, a legitimate in, i say legitimate unless you are a Established independent label, uh, it's not going to happen. So yeah, so that was good, and you know that was back when old when Derek Sivers, the guy that started the company, still owned it, and so mm-hmm. I I am serious as a heart attack. Back then, I was getting like, you know, they were selling those downloads for ninety nine cents on iTunes and Rhapsody and all these places, and I was getting ninety three cents out of ninety nine cents. Wow. I mean, they were only keeping like seven cents, eight cents for each download. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was excited there for a while because, uh, you know, with just the sheer fact of when you appear on those services, you know, there's people that are looking at what's new this week, you know, and so you get, right. you know, right off the bat, you get four or five, six, eight sales in the first, you know, day or something like that. And so. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, you know, like quarter they would, or I think you set it up to where your account where, you know, if it reaches $20, then they pay you. And so they would, they they would send me, you know, uh, money every so often when it got to $20. And, uh, then they went to like, I think it was a quarterly type deal, but you know, it wasn't like you were just making tons of money on it, but Mm -hmm. there again, it, it was kind of like more like, okay. They're getting me in all these other services, plus people are buying from their site, plus, you know, it's just, you're in the mix, you know? Yeah. Uh, when somebody Googles your name, well, I mean, they're going to be in the top 10 results of buy their album here, and that, and that was right. pretty good. And, I, you know, I got the chance to sit down and talk to Derek Sivers, and, and when I went to meet him in France, and just a smart, dynamic, really super duper cool cat, you know, just like, thank you for doing this. We've been needing this forever. Yeah. And then, uh, shortly after that, he ended up selling the company. I'm not really even sure who bought it, but you know, it just, it started to change. We're like, okay, now all of a sudden these downloads from, you know, Apple music or whatever, they're only, you're only keeping like 40 cents or something or, you know, it was, hmm. it was like a lot less. And so I, I haven't really, uh, I've got a couple of, are, are they still doing aggregation? Like, are they still, you know, sending your stuff out to all the services or what? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they call the distribution model. And that's exactly what they're, they're that's all they are now is just distribution. They are not, they are not selling stuff themselves. So they'll send it to iTunes. They'll send it to Apple music, send it to Deezer, send it to, pandora and all that kind of stuff and then they will help collect it and then they're really pushing the pro publishing aspect of it where they're going to do the international and uh work on trying to get royalties back for that Uh, okay but 
Because, yeah, their model was, at least in the digital realm, was is that if you sold a, a single, you kept 90% of it. If you sold a signal through a single, I'm sorry, or I guess even a CD, if you sold something through their site, they only took 10%, which wasn't bad. Now, yeah. Apple, if you go through Apple, anything sold on Apple, Apple themselves keeps 30% right off the bat. Wow. So I don't... I, that's the way it's been since since the get go, and it's Apple. I mean, they redefined redefined the business. They've they've finally made sense out of the MP3 situation. So, they get well, it, it's so. probably a sign of the times. You know, they probably had I don't know how many titles in their catalog, but I'd venture to say a good portion of them probably had physical copies. And it's just like, how many physical copies are people buying anymore? Obviously, not many. Well. That's exactly what I was getting at. It's like, uh, that just, how many people are buying music in the first place? You know, the, you and I have been talking about this for a year and a half now. It's how, how the model is switching, that people are streaming. Or they're, yeah, they're just streaming. They're not buying. They're just renting. And, yeah, they're uh, just getting access to it. They don't want to own anything. Right. It, I, mean, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at this, these racks of CDs, dude, and I've got probably about, you know, probably two-thirds of what I own back here in this room. And it's like, I'm looking at all the, the CDs here that I've spent money on and all the space they take up and all the times I've had to move them around. And it's like, I mean, I could, I could fit every one of these probably 1,500 CDs onto my phone and carry it around in my pocket just with digital right. files, you know? And it's like, yeah. just the sheer ease of handling it is just like, it, it's just a whole lot different story. Well, then, and then you take it the next step. It's like, why even have all those things sitting on your phone? Because now that's space on your phone in today's day and age. It's like, space on your device is just as valuable as space in your in your living room and space in your closet and stuff like that. It's yeah, like, yeah. You know, so... so that, they just want to be People able to access just say for, it. They just want to access it. They don't want to own it or keep it or right. maintain it. So people are like, okay, for $10 a month, I can listen to any one of these 5 million songs I want to. Yeah. And I, I find it hard to argue with that. I really do. Now, when, when you're talking about a physical product... And the CD and the liner notes, or the 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 LP and the liner notes, and and the album art and all that. And that those are the things that we grew up on, things that we loved, because there was there was a an aesthetic to it that went beyond just the music. It was this entire packaging that was that was really cool about it, and the way it made you feel. Like you said, you you talked about it, you know you crack it open, and that smell that you get, and lay in there and put it on the turntable, and you read the liner notes. Kids don't do that these days. If it was available to them, would they? I don't think so because I just this this world's way too fast paced, way too instantaneous. We want to have it now. <laughs> I mean, think about this. You and I grew up in the age where on a Friday night we'd go to Blockbuster and be ticked off because every single movie we wanted to see it wasn't available behind that little box there. Well, you were and, probably uh, going in that room in the back, probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's where you're trying to get all your movies, the room in the back. Okay. 
Note to self, edit 32 seconds before this. <laughs> anyway, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like, you know, it's, now it's like everything is instantaneous on demand. Our synapses are firing so fast that if there's anything that you have to wait for, it just it annoys people. Oh, my God, annoys people. Yeah. So I just... I. So I just think that the the CD baby, okay, get, getting giving up the physical sale or the sale of the physical merchandise, warehousing space, yeah, that makes sense to me because it's just real estate and upkeep and, and and labor to maintain a warehouse is just it's just ridiculous. But why they gave up their digital side of that as well, I I, I just think they they just made a decision to cut and run across the board let's not try to monkey with either of it let's just be a distributor and a pro publisher so i don't know i mean i know I they wanna, paid i don't want to talk too bad i don't want to talk too bad about them because i got a couple of my my releases that are still pending review so i don't want those things held up but anyway yeah i've got uh i've got a couple of you know singles up there and uh, and i think like be the wolf that i haven't um, turned loose on submitting to all the download mm-hmm. services through them. I, I got that all together, but I also got this deal from Bandzoogle, you know, that hosts my website that uh, as a pro member of Bandzoogle, I'm, I get like five free releases submitted through CD baby. So I wonder if that's still good. Okay. I wonder if that's still good or not. Cause you know, those are like, I think the, you know, regular release without the pro publishing, maybe about thirty bucks usually or something. Thirty bucks for an album, ten bucks for a for a single. Single, yeah. So now, heck, but that's the thing though. They say that, but then you still got to pay five dollars to get your uh, barcode on top of that. But oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's it's there's always a little catch, but I don't know. Though is Banzoogle? Are they owned by CD Baby? I think it might just be a partnership type thing, you know. Okay. Because not... they were there at the conference, you know, when we went to the the DIY musician conference, they were there as one yeah. of the one of the exhibitors. Same well, may... thing with Merchley, right? I mean, maybe they're maybe CD Baby's just kind of you know spinning their business model a little bit different, you know. But they obviously are making a shift. That's for sure. I mean that the yeah, the. the... Uh, the conference they do the conference once a year and you know they're probably just they're realizing that people just aren't buying physical cds like they used to yeah i mean there's no doubt about that and uh, it was it was going to happen eventually i just think that the timing stinks yeah uh like i said i didn't know anything about it i get all the emails in fact i get emails on two or three different email boxes and i didn't find out about it until uh fellow guitar player had uh, started posting stuff on Facebook and I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? I haven't seen anything. And, he, and then he sent me a link to their official notice. It's like, ah, interesting. So, but you know, it's, it's a sign of the time. So I can't fault him. And I'm certainly not trying to, trying to bash him. It's just like, man, at this point in time right now, when musicians can't play live and, you 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 you're just looking for any dime you can get. You suddenly lose the revenue of physical and digital sales from the one that was going to give you the best margins. That's I guess I can see where that's issue, but but then again, what are the other options? So I've done some research on the other options. Now you do something a little different though, don't you? Uh, 
Well, you know, the last few things I've released, I've just got for sale on my website only. Okay. And, you know, uh, Be the Wolf, I've got that queued up in CD Baby to go out as a uh, pro publishing deal. But the bitch of it is, I've got two cover tunes on there. And so, Mm. you know, licensing the cover tunes and, and all that, I haven't quite navigated that to be able to push it through there and get it, get it out there on those sites. Plus I'm just like, it's not really that much an urgency because I'm seeing what, you know, I'm, I'm returning off of just so very little returns. It's not like I'm losing a bunch of money by not having it all on the major services yet, mm-hmm. you know? And so I'm just sort of like, Part of me says, you need to hurry up and get that up there. You know, the album's been out a year. You need to get that up there on Spotify, for instance. You know, because mm-hmm. they submit it to Spotify and all this. Now, right. one, one other one that I heard of that's like kind of trying to take over some of the, the same kind of thing is DistroKid. Have you ever checked that out? I have. I did look at them a little bit. DistroKid... Uh... They're, they are more of a subscription service where CD Baby is like it's like a one-time fee. It's up there forever. Okay. DistroKid, you pay you pay a subscription, and I I may be wrong, but I get the impression that if you don't keep that subscription going, your stuff's going to disappear. Oh, really? And that concerns me. Yeah. I mean, CD Baby, once it's done, it's done. It's there forever. Now... You'll collect the stuff, and you know you're, you're paying for the service of actually distributing it, and the transaction's done, and then you collect your your royalties. So, but I get I get the uh, because the way these things work is that they they put it out there for you, they collect the royalties for you, and then they pay you out. So if you suddenly cancel your subscription, Distro Kid, well, they may be collecting the royalties still. But you have no way of getting them because your subscription's been canceled. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've just some of the other YouTubers and stuff out there have talked about it, and I, I briefly looked at it. And there's one or two others that are similar models, more expensive. You know, releasing a single for ten bucks plus five bucks for the thing. Okay, it's fifteen dollars. Then you're looking at fifty bucks for the copyright. Unless you want to go ahead and bundle all your copyrights together ahead of time, I mean that's yeah you're into you're into a sixty five dollar investment to get that song out there. But after that sixty five bucks, you're done. You're not paying a monthly subscription to to get your stuff sold. I don't know. I don't know. So that's that's just my what I, my high level flyover. Take a look at it. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't checked it out either, so I, I'm just kind of like thinking that, you know, maybe, you know, it's just going to be another shift and it'll be something else the next year or this year or next month. I mean, it's like CD Baby started probably, what, like in the 90s? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're 20 plus years old because they were just, they were one of the, you know, Amazon came on with books and... Uh, couple others came out with their their niche things cd baby came out with a way for people to sell cds yeah and then they were smart and they they saw that hmm this digital thing might be something and uh you know itunes popped up like well there's gonna be people that want to get on here they're not part of a major label so let's let's talk and they uh, i mean 
Yeah, I, I really, I, I got to give them credit for really helping out the DIY boom because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be on iTunes. You oh, yeah, on man. ITunes. It's like power it's, to the people. Right. Yeah, so it's they, they gave us an avenue and, uh, you know, what's it, what's it worth to you to be on iTunes and have that credibility? Ten bucks for a song? Sure. To me it is. So Anyway. Well, it's just, you know, you got to think it's like a lot more economical than a lot of the alternatives. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I remember the days of, you know, okay, we're going to have these for sale at record stores in all the cities we play at. If they have a record store, we're going to try to get them to sell our record at the record store. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, just keeping up with that, going by, making sure they've got product to sell, making sure they're paying you what you're supposed to get. I mean, yeah. it, it's just exhausting, dude. And, and it's you're only reaching the people in Fort Smith, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, Claremore, Bartlesville, you know, uh, around the world. You're online around the world. And it's just, you know, it's economically it makes a lot more sense than doing it the old way, you know. Sure does. Sure does. But it's, yeah, it's, it's just a... made it a whole lot more accessible. And I think for a long time, people have taken it for granted you know they just don't even know the days of what it used to be like to hear a song on the radio then go look for the record and then you know tape off a tape give it to your friend and your friend likes it and they go buy one of them you know it's like those days mm -hmm. are <laughs> caveman history nowadays you know but see even though though i mean you right there you showed the whole piracy aspect of you tape it off your friend you know Remember when the dual cassette take decks came out and everyone's like, oh, greatest thing since sliced bread. And the record labels went ballistic. No. Yeah. You're making it easy for easy for people to copy the stuff. It's like, well, they why sold... don't you put out some better product? You know, that really, it's like, it's a beast that they created. Yeah, it really well, is. And, and, and all those formats, you know, I mean, if you're a, if you're a big Pink Floyd fan, how many copies of Dark Side of the Moon are you responsible for buying? I mean, I would say at this point in time, the average Pink Floyd fan has bought at least a couple of copies of that album and ha since however long it's been out, you know? And they've made a ton of money off of those records. Right, right, right. Because, you know, being a physical product, it wears down. And, uh, yeah, I remember buying my first, of course, my favorite album, Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell. I remember buying my first version of that. That would have been, uh, that was a winter semester, fall semester, or spring semester of 93. And uh, at the record exchange, and on those I cheap, wore that on those Columbia cassettes, the old cheap Columbia yep. cassettes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I wore that thing out by the end of the semester and had to buy another one. Yeah. So they, they got me for, you know, 20 bucks for those two of them. Now, of course, with CDs, you, you, you mitigated a lot of that because you didn't have the, the physical wearing out. Uh, yeah, as long as you didn't as, handle uh, it like a caveman, you know. <laughs> think about, think about uh, your records and LPs. I mean, how many times has people had to buy more than one because they bumped it and scratched it and you know, the quarter thing to hold the needle down didn't recut it or they left it in their car and the thing ended up looking like a like a modern art and you know, yeah, folded over taco you know, it's shell. It's almost like, yeah, it's like you're building in this obsolescence and the CD changed all of that because, you know, you could put your CDs up there in your, in your little holder on your, uh, 
on your uh, your visor and uh, you know no problem and keep working keep working so I don't know just it's crazy just times could change I mean <laughs> I, I was just chuckling earlier when you're talking about oh yeah I'm back here in my room and I got all my eight my LPs my eight tracks my cassettes it's like oh yes I remember those KTL commercials <laughs> yeah and now available on uh, LP and K eight track and cassette. <laughs> Yeah, man, Good it's just, times, but... it's crazy, but, you know, I mean, some of these records I've got, I've had on, you know, cassette, and then LP, and CD, and, you know, I, I've got, like, now you have access to everything in the world, but I've got, like, this crummy little speaker that's on the phone to listen to it on, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, true. like... But in the car, it's like I can Bluetooth the phone to the stereo in the car. Mm -hmm. So now I can completely understand now after doing that, since I got this new truck, after doing that, I can totally understand why people aren't interested in buying physical product. Right, right. Your phone, that's your personal little tricorder there, and it, it handles absolutely everything in your life, so... Yeah, and so it's like, I can totally understand the convenience factor of it. I can totally understand a lot of things of it. You know, I mean, I myself, you know, terrestrial radio is just, there's just only so much they're going to do. And, I mean, a lot of them are barely hanging on. A lot of them are just programmed, you know, in some uh -huh. big office someplace. And with your phone, Bluetooth to the stereo, you got to customize your playlist you don't have to hear one thing you don't like. I mean, it's amazing. Exactly, exactly. It really is. And now you don't even you don't even have to pay for a service either. You can go to YouTube, and YouTube's got all those all those uh, they call cover art videos. Uh huh. Because they were trying their, the YouTube Music Service, which I, I I heard is kind of tapered down. I think they're kind of phasing that idea out. But honestly, because I, I looked at some stats though, and it's like YouTube is the largest music streaming service out there yeah they account for 40 percent them alone account for 40 percent of music streaming why because it's free mm -hmm. do people care about the video sometimes sometimes not but they put the video on so they could listen to the audio so that's that's why the cover art and you know for those of you that don't know what the cover art is cover art videos are but that's basically the one where you're it shows the, the little cover over there kind of off-center there to the left, and then they have some text on it. And those things, those videos are being put out by all the distributors. CD Babies put them out. I put them out for my own and then find out CD Babies done the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I've got two or three cover art videos out there for every one of my releases. But because that's just, it's getting it out there so that the people that just want to hear it. Of course, then your other version of it's lyric videos, so because... You kind of had some fun with lyric. I've mean, I've had some fun being creative with lyric videos. Yeah, that one you got you did that one you did was cool. That was good. Which was that? Uh, it was a good to be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the lyrics flashing around. The one where you had the kids doing the doing. You had the kids writing the stuff down or something. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and the thing is, the lyric videos, it serves the same purpose as the cover art videos because it's just it's for people that want to hear the song. But now you're engaging them because they can see the lyrics as well. Yeah. So I'm having fun because the fact the little things, uh, I'm sorry, plenty of time. That was my latest release, plenty of time. 
I did kind of a unique thing, which is this whole just jumble massage of or jumble collage of words, and then they'd highlight each lyric in a different spot. That was kind of fun to put together, but that's something I did in the afternoon, zero budget. Coolness factor is really there. You know, you're not trying to put together one of these MTV kind of videos, and I'm not uh, not trying to to dance on treadmills, which coolest factor there too but <laughs> you know <laughs> so i mean you can have fun with, and i guess that's the, the takeaway it's like you guys when you're putting your music out there go ahead and let your distributor do their uh do their uh little album art video but come up with a cool lyric video too unless you have instrumentals like me a lyric video doesn't really work but i can't right. really think that part <laughs> right well, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's just really cool because I mean, then the the person can customize their own playlist, and and hey, I know that I've got an hour to drive every day, and so here's my hour long playlist, and yep. I don't have to f- fiddle fart around with a dozen CDs in my back seat and all this other stuff, and they get lost and whatever. I can totally get it. So, yep, yep, like it or not, that's where we're that's where it's moving into. <laughs> It's just, you know, you embrace it or not. I mean, there's there are a lot of silent movie stars that couldn't embrace the fact that their voices sucked and that they couldn't deliver dialogue and they lost their jobs as soon as the talkies came around. So, yeah, yeah we're kind of at that place in time right now. But Well, it's anyway. on the on the other hand, it's great for the consumer. I mean, if I still like to hear music on a real system. OK, and so. Sure. Many CDs are probably about the best sounding, most easily and convenient way to ha- handle the stuff, you know, and playing it on a big system, you know, it's like, I still enjoy having CDs. Now, the great thing is they're, you know, secondhand, you go to these record stores, they're like three bucks a piece, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's like you know, it's kind of how I am with vinyl too. I'm like, man, I know I can, yeah. I can go to these you know five for a quarter sales and buy anything I just happen to think I want to hear, and you know, uh, you can get exposed to a lot of music for just not very much money, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the nice thing about that too is that it, the cost point. Uh, I remember that time when we went, uh, you and me and uh, Hunt, right? We went down to the Dallas Guitar Show. Oh yeah. You guys, you guys ended up spending like an hour and a half in that record store looking at records, vinyl. You know. Oh yeah. For those of you younger kids, vinyl. It's it's like a CD, but it's so much great music. You got to flip it over, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> you guys spent like an hour and a half, and they're just looking through these things. It's like I didn't have the budget to buy anything, so I was just like, just kind of watching. And you and you're reading the liner notes. And you're like, oh, I'm gonna give this a try. Give that a try. And you guys were willing to to. Uh, you know, to take a chance on something you'd never heard before, just based on, you know, what you've heard about these these artists, and that's the exploration of it. You know, yeah, exploring this music and stuff, and that's the great thing about YouTube is that you can explore a lot of this music. Some of these other services, you know, you're relying so much on the on the playlists and other people, but you know, yeah, so yeah, man. big takeaway. If you're an artist. Have your stuff on YouTube too, you you know. And if you use CD Baby, they will actually take care of uh, licensing it. So I'm actually getting royalties off of this video here because I have one of my songs as the uh, as the the music intro music and outro music of this video. So 
Right on, hey, man. Every time you guys, every time you guys watch my the, the, these uh, these videos, I get a little 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 bit of money, so it's all good. <laughs> that's watch awesome. Them, please. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. What all are right, we? Man, well, what are we up to? About episode, wanna... What is this episode twenty eight or something? Yeah, twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in there. Well, now, now hopefully. This new way of doing what we're doing is going to pan out, and I'm not going to have to spend hours and hours of trying to cut out dropped phone calls and stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> and if, if so, man, we can get back on to doing a couple episodes a week and really kind of get some good content going again. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds awesome, man. All right, well, until next time, and guys, keep it real. Get your music out there any way you can. Take advantage of what you can. It's a, it's a brave new world. World's changing. Best of luck to everybody. And uh, yeah, until next time, I'm your co host, Mark Allen V, and this is Matt Mason. All right, it's Band Advice TV, the Matt and Mark About Music Podcast. Peace. <laughs>